0: Trap welcome welcome to the trap. Welcome to the trap. Welcome welcome to the trap. Welcome to the trap. Welcome welcome to the, to the tra- trap. Let's go. Zen Trap. Zen
1: Trap. Zen Trap. Zen Trap. Zen. trap. Zen. trap. Protect. Yo P. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to another Zen Trap chat. I'm one of your two hosts, Yo LG. Zen P. Um, and I just kind of want to start with our purpose or our mission here. Um as Zen Trap. Our purpose is to guide and inspire listeners to be accountable for their overall health while sharing our perspective and journey to do the same through continuously seeking internal peace to maximize our potential and the service of others. All right, so we got a fantastic episode today. Can't wait for you all to see this. ZMP, let them know what we got
0: today. Well, we have a very special guest and friend and college alumni and high school alumni for me. We have Dr. Paige Brown with us today. I'm not going to run through her, her resume because here on the Zen Trap, we like to give our guests the chance to kind of discuss their life story so we can hear about maybe some things we didn't know about and some things that they may want to mention and not mention. And that could be accolades, it could be family, it could be whatever they want to mention. So, page we would like for you to just give us your life story in two minutes there's not going to be a clock up so you're not going to feel pressure of that uh we might put our hand up if you're kind of going over but we don't want you to feel like you're rushed we don't want you looking at the time and stuff so you can start from birth until now on just like who you are what you're about and what you want to share about your life story
2: okay thank you thank you all for having me i'm excited to be here i know it's gonna be fun (laughs) Um, so I am Paige Brown. I'm from a small town, a Hosky, North Carolina. It's a really, really small, a town, a town. <laughs> um, so I grew up there. Um, if you go to Walmart, you are for sure to see someone you know. So that's just how small it is. A small country town. Um, grew up with this guy right here, Paris. Um, had some, some fun times there. Um, Raised with both parents, my sister and I went to Herford County High School. Um, I was involved in a lot. I was a cheerleader. I ran track. I was SGA president. Um, I think that was part of my mom because she wanted us to always be involved in something to keep us out of trouble. I think that impacts me today, though, because I don't know how to be still and to just relax and not do anything. Um, but I- I'm glad she did it because it definitely kept us out of trouble. Um, From there, once I graduated from high school, I went to North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, Aggie Aggie Pride. Pride. Aggie Pride. majored in electrical engineering. Um, when I went there, I had no idea what electrical engineering was. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to major in. And I had an uncle who majored in engineering at a and I had an older cousin who I looked up to who majored in electrical engineering. And so it was like, okay, maybe that's the way to go. Um, I did know that I wanted to go to a and I was in this a program called MSCN Math Science Enrichment Network, where I went to um, a Saturday Academy at Elizabeth City State University every Saturday. Paris, did you go to?
0: Yes, you I was went. there with you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that was fun times on that.
0: <laughs> Y'all had fun. I did not like school <laughs> on
2: Saturdays. Um but yeah so I went on a we went on a trip one summer to T with MSCN for like competitions and stuff and I fell in love with the campus and that was sixth grade and it was like I wanted to go to T from sixth grade didn't know what I was gonna major in but it was at so I went to T majored in electrical engineering I was also in the band Golden Delight um I was a majorette. Uh, twirl the baton, and dance. Van took up a lot of time. So y'all probably didn't see me that much sometimes. No,
0: but. no. Once you Once you got like <laughs> further into like junior, senior year, you saw you more. But like yeah, she freshman, came around sophomore, freshman,
1: sophomore year. I ain't <laughs> never seen Paige. Yeah, Van
2: had me in a chokehold. Um, but once I started getting into those uh, higher level courses, I had to spend more time in the engineering building. Um, so I, I pledged A.K.A. there, had a great time at a I loved it. Um, so many memorable moments with just with y'all, too, like in class, outside of class. We had a good time. Um, graduated from a went straight to work. Um, I went to work for the federal government. Any of my views expressed here do not reflect the federal government. Just want to put that disclaimer there. (laughs) These views are mine and no one else's. I feel Um, that. (laughs) So I went and worked for an agency that built aircraft systems for the Navy. And that was very challenging for me. I was in Southern Maryland, St. Mary's County, Maryland. it's in the DMV area, but it's not. It's really, really far. It's country. There are Amish people riding on a horse and buggy. Um, not too many black people there. So it was very challenging for me because people treated me like I wasn't supposed to be there. Um, I started out in a development program and they gave me busy work. Um, so I did rotations with different groups and each experience was different. I had some good experiences, but mostly they were, like, it was hard. Um, After I finished the development program, I had a lead systems engineer role, and I was on a team of all white men. And, like, even the logistician, a person who wasn't an engineer, he would, like, micromanage me and ask me about my work where that was not his expertise. And, He yelled at me one day in the office because I booked travel without consulting with him because he wants to ride together and do everything together. And I had to be stern with him like because I was like, at that moment, I wasn't taking any more of that. And after that, this lady comes up to me and was like, good, I'm glad you spoke up and said something. (laughs) So I think I started to get some confidence then, but it, it was like several years went by like in the beginning where I really didn't say anything and I and I let people do whatever they wanted and I was just chilling okay whatever I just do this busy work just to get by. but I was involved with the National Society of Black Engineers and that took me away from that environment because I really hated it y'all um, but being with other people that look like me um, going to conferences working with students exposing them to engineering that really made me feel good and it had me make it me thinking that I wanted to be a teacher because I was teaching engineering to kids and so I got my master's in education Um, while I got that I actually transitioned to another job um, more diverse I was just so happy to be in a place where there were people from all backgrounds Um, still encountered challenges there because engineering overall is mostly composed of white men and black women are a minority i feel like i'm talking too long you hey you <laughs> i, I was gonna say
0: that, that in it? It? no just, look just <laughs> talk now you just tell us whatever <laughs> you want to tell now. us about your life That's it. Now. <laughs> this is very interesting <laughs>
2: yeah. so yeah i was i was happy people actually were coming to me for my expertise and that was like shocking to me because i wasn't used to that Um, And it was really a confidence builder and made me feel like I could do this because at my first job, it had me thinking, maybe I don't want to be an engineer. I can't do this. But when people like felt like I had knowledge and they were coming to me for that knowledge, it made me feel good. Um, And it made me really want to be there. Um, So I enjoyed my time there. It was not without challenges, though. Um, I had people question my work, but luckily I had a mentor. Mentoring has always been something that um like even from my A and T days, they said, Get you a mentor. So I had a mentor, um, and they reached out to him asking about my work, and he replies to their email, copies me on it, and is like, Yeah, her work is right. And like I'm like, Yes, he stood up for me, copying me on the email, and then they looked dumb. Um but yeah, I had someone there call me a bitch. Mm. Um, didn't know how to how to address that initially. Um, it was I was standing in the hallway and I asked to speak to this person about something. Somebody in leadership, and they said we'll tell the people that you're being a, a b word. And he kept walking off. And. I went to a co-worker's office and told her what happened because I was like dumbfounded. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe you said that to me, a, a white man. And she started crying. And so that made me emotional. I'm very emotional. That made me okay. emotional. <laughs> and I went and told my supervisor what happened. She was very upset. Um, I went and talked to the union about it. And they... We're like, you need to confront him about it and let him know that that was inappropriate. He shouldn't have said that. And then once you do that, then we'll talk about the steps you can take to address the issue. So I confronted him about it with my supervisor present because I did not trust him anymore at that time. And I thought I was going to be emotional, but this man breaks down and starts crying. And I'm like, what in the world? I would have been like, mad.
1: I would have been mad. Yeah, if
2: like yeah. I was confused. Like I, I don't know if he was scared. Or he was like, I don't know, he wanted me to feel sorry for him, and he started giving excuses and stuff, or he was scared I was going to tell, and I don't know. But it was just weird. Um, And so I told his supervisor what happened. I didn't file, like, an EEO complaint or anything like that because I I just didn't want to go through that process. Um, I don't really know what happened to him. um, But, yeah, whatever. That happened. He was nice to me after that. I asked for stuff and that had to be sent up to him for approval. He would approve it like in a hurry. Yeah,
0: I quick. bet you saved he- his job. <laughs> <laughs> He's scared.
2: Um, I'm debating on if I should say that he got what was coming to him. I'll say that because the behavior continued. And I will say that looking back on it now, I would have went all the way. Um, knowing, what I've, knowing what I know now and just growing as a person and I, I've completed my PhD in engineering education and I've studied race and gender and looked at the historical makeup of engineering and how blacks weren't even allowed to participate in engineering and, and change, how can we change things and I feel like looking back and if I would have spoken up, I could have helped prevented more people. Like if I would have went all the way to EEO, I could have potentially prevented more people from going through some things, but it took other people to go through some things for some real change to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it did happen. Um, and so now I've transitioned into a new role with another organization where I am a diversity, equity and inclusion officer, helping to ensure that the workplace is equitable and inclusive for all people. That's dope. So I'm, I'm really passionate about that because of all the experiences that I have gone through, um, especially for black women in engineering. Um, because I mean, I'm a black woman and I, I really feel for it. Um, I also wrote a book. I didn't say that, but.
1: You um, wrote a book. You wrote a book. Yes. It looked Where's like it? this. I got it. I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> got it. I don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. I, got
2: it. I was going to pull it off the shelf. Shameless plug. Copy. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, I was seeing, like, at that time when I was working. At my second job, I would see like people I went to school with making statuses about some of the things that they experienced um, at their jobs. And I was like, okay, I'm not the only one that's going through this. And maybe some people won't know what to do or how to handle it or quit or just let people keep treating them like this. Maybe I can provide some encouragement or strategies for people to, have to, to navigate these instances. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I wrote a book. i did it before my phd program um it might be a part two or another book because i feel like i don't know
1: i I, I wouldn't
2: accept some of (laughs) i wouldn't accept some of the same things that i have accepted and you know life goes on you continue to grow and have learning experiences so we evolve as people
1: absolutely all right thank you Paige, for that like that was very good very encompassing of like your book and, uh your life. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, speaking of the book, what made you want to write a book?
2: Um, like I said, it was just me thinking about other people and how some people may quit and, when you can actually stay at a place and thrive. Um, and I wanted to let other people know that they're not the only ones going through this and that they can overcome challenges at work. I will say that Um, while I encourage people to try to continue and find a resolution, it is okay to leave if a workplace is toxic or is not doing you any justice. Like if it's not serving you leave, you shouldn't be having mental issues because of work. Um, so there are definitely times when you can leave.
0: Um, as you mentioned about just for majoring in engineering, we all know it's a white male dominated field, just especially depending on the geographical area that you go to. Um, what would you say is one of the, like, or some of the biggest challenges you you face with that, um, being in those spaces?
2: Right. Um, just like being in meetings, people talking over you or not listening to you, Mm um, Ignoring you, not believing what you have to say. That's difficult when somebody doesn't think what you have to say is valuable. Um, When we as Black people, Black women, have valuable contributions that we can give and perspectives that, like when it comes to as engineers designing things, we have perspectives that are important. um, And that could mean a lot, especially when you talk about bias and creating um, products that deal with people's lives, right? Like, we we see things all the time about bias in algorithms. Um, I think they're, like, uh, I think it's in California or somewhere. They have, like, electron not electronic, but, like, um, algorithms that can find criminals and things like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those are biased towards um, Black people. So that's one thing people not believing what you have to say, ignoring you, speaking up over you, interrupting you, those microaggressions, microaggressions every day, um, not being treated fairly, um, performance reviews, being evaluated unfairly. unfairly. Damn
1: for sure. Damn for sure. <laughs>
2: yeah, like yeah. you can be doing so much more than your white counterpart no more. And they get the high fives, they get the awards. and and it's just not fair
1: yeah i had Uh, a home girl just tell me the other day like in her performance review they were telling her she was unprofessional just based off how she laughed and she's like i'm just a jovial black girl that just like to laugh and why does that have to be a part of my performance review so i i totally understand what you're saying i think even black men and women um see that sometimes and and
0: but it's crazy that it's like triple layered for y'all in this field specifically because it's like you're a woman, and then women right. have challenges already. And Then you're a black woman, yep.
2: and then you're yep. in a
0: technical field. Yep.
2: Now, here's Dr. Paige Brown. What you're talking about, Paris, is called intersectionality. <laughs> I love so, the, the, the technical <laughs> term. It are, so we as people, we are not just black. Or, or, or a man, or a millennial, or whatever, we, are—we, our identities are composed of multiple intersecting identities that impact how people see us in the world, treat us in the world. So I'm, I'm a Black woman. I am a mother. So that impacts how people view me. Like, once I have my kids, is she going to be able to perform the same way as before she had the kids? Um, so, all of your identities combine and that determines how you're treated and viewed in this world
0: i love this stage uh, of life just feel like it, reverend pages right thank you dr Brown.
2: <laughs> yeah like i mean it it some of your identities they provide you with privilege some of it calls you to have oppression so, Absolutely. like, the doctor added to my name in some spaces, not all, in some spaces it gives me privilege. Some people will listen to what I have to say. But if I'm out here walking down the street, all people see is a black girl. And that doctor doesn't mean anything.
1: Absolutely. So, speaking of being a mother, getting your PhD, all these things you've done, what do you feel like has been your biggest adversity so far?
2: Um, That's a hard question.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: my biggest adversity? Yeah. Or maybe
1: um, one that you're most grateful for, like the one that really taught you the most or that you you saw yourself really, really catapult in growth after that adversity.
2: Um, I mean, I would say in general, like not even work related, like having my son because my son was born three months premature. Um, I was in my Ph.D. program um, and it really it really helped change my perspective on things in life like in general because him born three months early I can't even hold him because he's in this incubator and I've got a quantitative data analysis test coming up but I'm in the hospital because I just had this baby like what's more important like forget all this other stuff like I don't have time to deal with this challenge with I don't have time to deal with this challenge I can't even get my words out. You say shit about. if
0: you want to. <laughs> you can say <laughs> shit. Shit.
2: <laughs> I don't have time to deal with BS, mm-hmm. nonsense, when it's real world issues going on. My family, my children, they come first now. Mm-hmm. So when I'm dealing with people and nonsense at work, like people, like stupid stuff, mm-hmm. I don't have time for that, like we can be adults and we can get through this, but it's, it's just bigger things in life to worry about. I think that has helped me to grow as a person outside of work and even at work. Like, what are we trying to accomplish here? Let's put everything aside and focus on the goal.
1: It puts things in perspective.
2: Yeah. It puts for things sure, in perspective. Sure.
0: Uh, inside. Cause clearly you're busy from clearly family, work, all different aspects of that. And you see this on TV and in real life all the time about people when they get married, have children, you got work and stuff, you start to almost lose yourself into all these other things and don't find time for yourself. So what do you do to kind of make sure that you don't like lose track of like who you are and find time for yourself? And like what what how do you find peace in your busy life?
2: I'm still struggling with that. I'm still <laughs> a work in like progress. That. I'm a- i am appreciate that. I appreciate the be, honesty. Yes. It's hard because it's like every day I gotta wake up, I gotta worry about. Two other people and what they're eating what they're wearing today getting them to school like y'all I hate trying to figure out what people gonna eat for dinner my little broke best (laughs) best friends and then you work hard and prepare a meal and put it in front of them and they throw that plate away (laughs) Like, and worry. then you you're working, and it's my current my new job right now is very demanding right now. I don't know if it's because the beginning it's the beginning, and I'm learning a lot about the organization as well, and it's a lot. And then you know you, you married, you got a husband, and he wants to spend time with you as well, you and show. get away from me. <laughs> I I just want to be by myself right now. <laughs> but I mean, you got to you, um. So I've been trying to intentionally carve out time for me. Um, I've been intentionally trying to step away from things. Like, I'm really ambitious. Um, and so we when opportunities <laughs> come about, <laughs> <laughs> I've been do- doing better at saying no to stuff. Yeah. I could have said no to y'all, but I like y'all and I feel like it would have been so good to talk to y'all and see y'all because I haven't, I don't remember the last time I've seen y'all and I knew it was going to be a good time. So I feel like this is good for me, for my mental health, because this is something that I actually enjoy and it's not like work.
0: so thank you all. Yogi LG felt it. Now. I was like, no, come on, <laughs> just push a little bit. She ain't saying no yet. Make her I say no. I was like, she busy, Make man. Let no. her, let her, let her <laughs> Make her thing. say no. Let her do her thing. No, but
1: we we definitely understand, like, your lifestyle and what you got going on. We see your ambition. And just, like, it's amazing how you can watch people you went to school with online and just be in admiration, just based off like their social media. Like I'm like, man, I saw your son was born three months early. Like I'm worried about oh the next child coming. What are we doing to prevent it? I'm thinking about it. Like I'm worried yeah. about you just from afar. So we absolutely have seen your 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 growth and are super in admiration of that. So we really appreciate Thank you giving you. us this time. Yeah, and
0: I know like once every three years we'd be like uh, sitting around, be like, what's page? We we give you like a random call out of nowhere. And you'd like be like we need to call <laughs> face. We should call <laughs> face um
2: yeah so I yeah so I like I have a hard time leaving something if I'm into it like Mm -hmm. working on something so now I have to make myself stop and move on to the next thing like when my work day is over stop so you can have time for yourself before you go pick up the kids so like scheduling thing I put scheduling things I put everything else on my calendar so why not put time for me to go get my nails done time for me to just rest and do nothing
1: yeah. So speaking of just how ambitious power. you are, um, do you feel like you're actually maximizing your potential? And I would I would say why or why not? Um,
2: that's that's a hard question for me too because, like, I mean, having. Two kids, I've been intentionally trying to slow down Mm -hmm. because at this point in my life and the ages that they are, it's a critical time point for them. So I want to be present for them to give them everything they need. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when they get a little bit older, um, I'll put myself back out there all the way. Um, But I mean, as for right now, I'm doing what I can, not taking on too much, doing things that I think would serve me um and is not just something just to do it and and I'm not going to get anything in return like it has to be beneficial for me in some way um and so I do think about that like how will this help me in the long term um
1: yeah. So I, I I would interpret that as absolutely just because you're maximizing your potential in motherhood, you're maximizing your potential in okay. career-wise wifehood. Uh, is that a thing? Wifehood? I don't know. Yeah, you can throw right. a wife life, <laughs> wife life. So I think my my answer to that for you would be yes. But you know, I think we yeah. never know our full potential. Uh, we just keep trying to reach it. Um, and, and right completed. and
2: then you don't want to do too much where you break yourself down mm-hmm. and you like minimize that oh, um minimize your ability to be able to reach your full potential yeah she's um, like i don't syndrome. want to
1: no. burnout <laughs> syndrome yeah
0: for sure
2: yeah yeah i'm trying to avoid that
0: <laughs> um i got like a two-parter so with you getting your phd um what made you decide to get your phd one and then this second part you can kind of answer however you want uh for people and sp- specifically black women what what would you say was probably the toughest part clearly you talked about having a child during a phd which clearly that's probably the toughest part so, <laughs> so and i guess excluding that for people who aren't doing that part what would you say was the toughest part of getting your phd and like do you have any advice for uh black women in technical fields or not even technical fields black women that just want to get higher educational degrees
2: yeah so um I was working at, at that second job and I had finished that master's in education. Um, and so it was like, okay, what are you going to do next page? Cause you said you wanted to be a teacher, but do you really want to be a teacher now? Now that you feel like you're actually enjoying engineering, um, and a friend actually told me about engineering education, and that was a Ph.D. program. So I started looking at programs um, and Purdue had a program at the time. Virginia Tech has a program. And there are many other engineering education Ph.D. programs popping up now all over. So I applied to Purdue. I applied to Virginia Tech. I applied to like a general education program at, univ- at the University of Maryland because my husband wanted me to stay in Maryland. Um and I got accepted to Purdue with a fellowship that was covering everything. So I wouldn't have to pay for anything. Didn't get accepted to Maryland. Um, so I just felt like Purdue was for me. Um, and, I, and, I, and I made it happen. We made it work. We did long distance, my husband and I, for a year. Um, got pregnant midway through that year and ended up coming back and finishing the rest remotely. I was also working. I didn't work the first year of my Ph.D. program, but I worked after that, um, after the first year. So, yeah, I just knew that education, working with students was a passion of mine. And I figured I could couple it with engineering. Um, I'm not in education or academia right now. But I do see myself going that route in the future, because even now I really miss working with students. And then the second part of your question, I would say I really struggle with imposter syndrome in the beginning of my PhD program because I got to this big PWI and I'm surrounded by all of these white people. Um, and I went to an HBCU. And so I didn't have to worry about that. didn't have to think about that. Um, didn't worry about how people viewed me and treated me because it was like a family environment and everybody wanted everybody to succeed. And, you know, you hear things and stories about people's experiences at PWIs. And I was just like, man, should I be here? Like... I don't know like can I do this? Can I really do this? But I found that I could. I found that I am just as smart, if not smarter than those people who was I, who I was in the program with. And one example of me knowing that was I had a white male in my cohort, he made it known that he wasn't doing the readings for class, but he sounded like he knew what he was talking about in class when we would have conversations and discussions. Right. And I was like, how do you make it sound like, you know what you're talking about, and like you read it, because I was up reading that stuff, like trying to dissect it and understand it. And he was like, he just reads the abstract and asks questions during class to make it seem like he knows what he's talking about. I was like, do you think that has to do with your privilege? He was like, yeah, I, was like, okay. I
0: don't
1: care. I'm good at that too. I'm good at that too. I, I ain't hate on a man. <laughs>
0: I'd be nervous a little bit. I
2: know, too. but I learned I I learned, Lizzie. I learned how to read the abstract and do what I needed to do to get through.
1: Right. Sometimes you gotta take a little shortcut, you know? All right. So um we have a question that we kinda asked to everybody and even have asked ourselves. So what is a piece of advice that you would give to your eighteen year old self? This is Paige, fresh out of Hosky. Uh, what do they say, bushy eyed and bright tailed. What is it? Bright eyed <laughs> and bushy tailed. That's it. Um, at A and T, you eighteen years old. What advice would you give to yourself?
2: Um, I don't know. We're gonna have to edit this part. It's
0: <laughs> It's cool. It's cool.
2: <laughs> what advice would I give myself? I don't know. I, I mean, I would just say everything. She, <laughs> she,
0: was, she good. was She was on point. She was on point. No, need but I
2: will say, like in high school, Paris, my senior year was the hardest year for me ever. Cause you don't, know, you you don't know, you don't know. I, mean, I don't
0: know nothing school. about that. Yeah, high school.
2: Yeah.
0: I, was just, I, was just <laughs> you, I was just around. He was blind. I was no, ready to go.
2: Okay. No, I was tell myself, I guess.
0: We can talk about it, that offline because I ain't know nothing about that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I would, t- okay. I would tell myself everything is going to be okay. Like you're going to go through some hard times, like some situations where you think it's going to be the end of the world, but it's not. Everything is going to be okay. Just keep pushing through.
0: Keep, that is keep working towards the advice.
2: goal. I mean, it's simple advice, but I mean, it's no, it's the truth Sometimes
0: that's the best advice. Like if your if your future self could come and just say everything's gonna be okay, you might be like, oh, it gives like, you so
1: much more. Like yeah. okay, I just got to keep going. I don't, yeah. I don't know how it's going to be, but so I got to keep going. So when you do
0: get, like, because we all get down, sad, overwhelmed with stuff. When you do get in places like that, what what's your thing to do to, like, kind of get you out of that? Like, is it just time or is it, like, music or you got to be around friends and family? Like, what, what do you like to do when you start feeling a little overwhelmed or sad about something?
2: I cry when I'm really, really, really overwhelmed.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I fine. cry and
2: fine. I just, like, I don't know. I have to reground myself. um and like, remember like, what's most important, put everything in perspective and say, okay, Paige, you, you given so much of yourself, you got to take care of yourself um, and let some things go, give yourself grace. If you, I told y'all I'm ambitious. If you're not able to accomplish X, Y, Z when you planned it, okay, maybe you just readjust that timeline. I had to do that a lot with my PhD program. I had to readjust my timeline each time I had a kid. I had to readjust it with COVID. Um, Opportunities came about and I couldn't do them. I had to just say, no, I can't do it right now. I have too much on my plate. Um, My graduate advisor, she told me, Big opportunities, um, they come along every two or three years. So don't be discouraged because something else will come along. And you know what? It could even be better than the opportunity that was presented before. So I just have faith in God that things will work out um, and try to give myself grace.
0: Yeah, that's dope. Uh, You mentioned imposter syndrome as well. And I only wanted to bring it up because I have a lot of female friends and that seems to be a thing also in engineering tech fields and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And that seems to be a thing that they struggle with as well. And I don't know if you have anything to say on that or advice for that as well, for women or just people in general, not to generalize women that struggle with imposter syndrome, because I know in the corporate workspace as well as a man. And from what I've seen from other men, we don't have issues with getting told no, or applying for a job that we are not qualified for Mm -hmm. whatsoever, or asking for a promotion that we feel like we may not even deserve. But, I talked to some of my friends and they're like, I only have eight out of the 10 things. I still need nine and 10. And you just be like, what? No, you're doing this job better than anybody else has ever yeah. done it. And you're still worried about. So uh, can you speak on that a little bit or do you have yeah. any words of wisdom? Yeah.
2: That's how I was too. Like, I'm looking at the job announcement. Like, I don't have this. I don't have that. N- apply for that job. Nice. Um, Don't be scared. Apply for it. You can. I'm sure there is something that you have done where you can write something in your resume that speaks to whatever that qualification is. There is a way that you can do it. Even if it wasn't from like your actual work on the job, maybe if if it was something where you volunteered with the organization, you can include that in your resume and that counts as experience. So don't be scared. Um, You are as You are capable. Um, You are even more capable than some men out here. That's what I would say to women. Um, You just have to be confident and put yourself out there. Um, For some reason, men are just more confident and they say whatever they want to say. Speak up. Use your voice. (laughs) I
0: definitely think it's it's the environment. It's just uh, cultural and stuff about how men are raised and women are raised. Especially
1: like Southern women. I find even more Southern women are even more of a like, oh, let me not say that. Let me not be disrespectful and how people can yeah. interpret things. Even though I'm I'm very outgoing, um, I still struggle with it. Like, oh, that's kind of disrespectful. Let me not tiptoe. So I totally understand and can't appreciate that advice yeah. for sure.
2: I struggle with it too, but do it scared. Because sometimes I do it scared. Yeah, it was one me and I spoke up and I was nervous, but I said I got to do it because I don't believe in what is being said right now. So yeah. I may be nervous on the inside, but I said it. <laughs> Somebody, I, I saw something
1: not too long ago that says when you want to do something, you only need to be brave for about 15 seconds. So you could just start it. Like mm-hmm. you just need about 15 seconds of bravery. Um, so you can just get that thought out of your mind, that negative thought and just do what you got to do. So that right. that is fantastic. Um, is there anything that's a part of like your daily routine or something that you've always done that kind of has attributed to your success?
2: My daily routine.
1: Or even just something that you do maybe like once a month, like, oh, I write things down or I put, you know, whatever it is, something that you do specific to you.
2: I mean, I set goals, um, because I mean, like I have a vision for where I want to go. So I think it's important to write that down. Mm. Um, so you know what you're working towards. Um, I also pray every day because I can't do it on my own. (laughs) I need the Lord. (laughs) Um, yeah. No. Write it down. That's I mean, I mean, I make to do lists and everything like that. I'm a type A person for real.
0: We know. Um, <laughs> inside of your future vision for academia, what do you see? Like, I'm sure you already know, but you don't have to share it if you don't want to. I want to make sure you know that so you don't feel pressure. But what I guess do you see in doing with students? Are you uh, trying to work with like college level students? Is it like, I don't even know the types of jobs out there for like Academia education, Yeah, engineering right? education engineering like I,
1: education, what like what administrator what you
0: do? school? Like I have no clue of those types yeah. of stuff. What is it that you're like aiming for in the future to working with students?
2: So yeah, I want to do something where I provide a space to help support black women engineers grow and develop holistically. Like not just in terms of their academics, but in terms of like knowing how to take care of yourself when you are in engineering environment that's exclusionary um knowing what to do when you encounter challenges with that performance review like what do you do if somebody calls you the b word um like how do you navigate all of these different challenges and right now like There are a lot of efforts to diversify engineering, but like we're bringing trying to bring in people from different backgrounds. We need to be working on changing the culture of engineering so that once you bring them in, the environment is welcoming and inclusive and supportive of everybody, not just black women, but everybody in general. Um, And so that's what I want to do for them, because I don't think that engineering programs are providing that level of support. Um, And and it differs based on where you went to school. I went to HBCU, but obviously at PWIs, it's very different for black people um, and other minoritized groups. They start there in their undergraduate program um, with encountering racism in engineering, biases, microaggressions. Um, There, I didn't have to experience that at my HBCU. I was kind of shocked when I got into the workforce because I wasn't expecting that. Um, But supporting them throughout their entire engineering journey is something that I want to do. I have um, in my mind several ways that I envision myself doing that. I could work at a university and incorporate that into the engineering curriculum or program, um, or I could start my own consulting business. Shout out out
0: to the consulting nonprofit type of business. (laughs) When you get on, I got you. Let me get a degree. Yeah. Speaking on what you just said, we don't talk about that enough. Of the privilege of graduating from an HBCU and how much that shapes you. Like, I think you made a great point about like when you go to a PWI, maybe those type of people. They experience it early on, so when they get to the workforce, they are already ready for it, they and kind of like, and it's it. the norm to them. Yeah. But <laughs> when we get there, it's such a culture shock in every single way, shape, form, and fashion, and it just—I don't know—it it it change, it changes so drastically yes. too.
1: And I went to like a black high school. So my high school's all black. My college was yeah. all black. When I hit the workforce, I was like, oh, I'm blacky, black, black. Y'all gonna see <laughs> all of this. So we even talk about like code switching and stuff. Like I don't really yeah. like the code switch. I don't feel like people can get accustomed to how I talk unless I talk that way. But I also don't want to be viewed as unprofessional. So it's definitely a big challenge that people uh, uh, face when you get into that workforce that you don't have to do in, coll- in college at HBCU for sure.
2: And that's another issue right there. Professionalism. What's professionalism? Come on now, define European, it. opinion standards of professionalism.
1: Right. <laughs> right. And they can't define that on my, my performance review, for sure.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Your work speaks for itself. <laughs> right.
1: So we got, um, <laughs> I think, one more question. That, well, did you have anything else? I'm asked to compliment. When I mean, y'all were saying
0: that, I just feel like I've been hanging around too many black women just because, like, I came to work like this one time, and my boss touched my hair, and I felt some kind of little, And normally I wouldn't even care, but I got somebody black with my hair Don't you let him touch it. <laughs> That's
1: your crown, King. That's your crown. Go ahead. <laughs> right. um, so um, another good question that we like to, to ask people, and it really gives us insight on what makes you happy, what brings you joy. Uh, what is the best compliment you can receive from someone? Like what's your favorite compliment to hear? When someone says, oh, Paige, you are so this or so that. Uh, what what one just warms your heart?
2: Oh, Paige, you really helped me out. That meant a lot to me.
1: Because,
2: mm. like, I, I want to know that I can help people um, wherever they are, like, I don't know, like it, it makes me feel good to help other people yeah. who are in need.
0: Well, Dr. Brown, we are <laughs> grateful and appreciative of your most valuable resource, which is your time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I will say this to kind of close out. I don't know if you notice know and I feel like I told you this, but I don't know if you know Um. When choosing a college, I was stuck on going to NC State. Paige is the reason I went to Ant. Like, oh
1: wow, she, you helped it. You, him. you I, helped him I, out. Look, Paige. you can
0: probably look Thank on you. Facebook. It's still there. Uh, I was messaging you about something, and I don't remember. Or I made a no. This is what happened. I made a Facebook status just about college or something, and I said something about NC State, and you messaged me immediately, and was like, "Paris, you're not going <laughs> to like, uh. Ant." Like, what? you was like, "You need to go to Ant because of this, this, and this." And then, of course, I got into the home program and stuff. And I know about like the stuff mm-hmm. uh, that helped me with that, with, with your family and stuff, of course, too. But like literally your message is what made me literally change my viewpoint. Because, of course, I w- we went to high school with all black people as well. And I was just thinking like I wanted the opposite. I want to go to PWI and I want to try. Because I think I thought our high school didn't prepare us for college until I got to college. Right. And I was like, oh, man, we more- like, we're more than prepared. Like we are. So thank you. For helping me make one of the best decisions of my life and go to HBCU. You're welcome.
2: Let's see, that right there makes me feel good.
0: <laughs> that right. there, it is. there
2: it is. Yes. I'm going to have to go back and find that
1: message. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, oh. that that's all we have, unless you, you have, have something any, else. Anything else you want to close out with? No. Please, shameless just plug. Thank you. Anybody, yes. please go, go, get, the, the go get my book. book.
2: It's on Amazon. Yeah, we'll have it in the uh, profile <laughs> when
0: we post this episode for sure.
1: Absolutely read the book. Great book. Very good points. Uh, all, some of those things I've done, some of those things I haven't, and will plan to do in my career path.
0: So We're ready for conqueror two. Yep, conqueror yes, coming two coming <laughs> soon to go along with the consulting business. We, mani- we
1: manifesting <laughs> all that for you. Um, yeah,
0: we love that.
2: Yeah, no, but thank you. I I love y'all. Thank yeah. you so much for having you me. Are. This has
0: been another episode of the Zen Trap. Uh, if you can't do nothing else, make sure you protect your peace and protect your energy. This is Zen Trap.
1: We out. We out.
2: Thank y'all so much. I had fun. I enjoyed yeah, this, and I really was like, "Why do they want to? Why do they want to have me?" <laughs> After
0: this whole speech and sermon you just gave, why we want to have you? No, what you talk about is oh <laughs> <laughs>